What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, lots of action around the league. A lot of exciting things, obviously. You know, they called these the dog days of August. Maybe it's just me, but this year it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like we're in the dog days of August. I mean, I'm sure the players feel. Maybe it's easy for me to say because I'm just enjoying the games and watching them. But I'm sure the players definitely feel, yeah, they, they feel some tread on the tires. And they, they probably do feel a bit exhausted at this stage. But there are some really cool developments going on around the baseball world. I'm going to start out with something really interesting. I'm going to start out in L.A. Well, Anaheim, I should say. So the Angels called up a rookie named Nolan Shonwell to lead off and play first base on Friday. This is interesting because Nolan Shonwell was drafted just 40 days ago. Yes, you heard that right. He was drafted in July and he made his major league debut in August. That That is not normal. As a matter of fact, it's the first time someone has made his major league debut, a position player has made his major league debut this soon after being drafted since 1978 or 1979. I mean, this is not normal whatsoever. I mean, we're talking you know, 44, 45 years ago. I mean, we have seen guys fast track to the big leagues. We saw them draft Zach Neto in 2022, and then he made the team in 2023. But to draft someone in July and have him leading off in your big league lineup in August is completely unheard of. You don't, we, we haven't seen this before, like I, I just mentioned. Uh, but Nolan Shonwell is an advanced bat, you know, 11th overall pick in the draft out of Florida Atlantic. He was, I mean, he was in the minor leagues and tearing it up down there. He made it all the way up to double A in just about six weeks. And the Angels, being a bit desperate, let's be honest, decided, yeah, we're going to dip into, into our, into our farm there and just bring him right up. And not only bring him up, we're going to lead him off. Less than six weeks after being drafted. He was hitting 370 with a 1,003 OPS in 21 minor league games. Only 21 minor league games. And that was enough for the Angels to bring him up. So keep an eye on that. I mean, it's a very shocking move. It's a very, very shocking move. Um, but the Angels, you know, are really in win now mode because they're losing Shohei Otani in all likelihood this winter. So they're doing everything they can to win right now. This is the ultimate win now move. I mean, they woke up on Friday morning before they called up Shonwell with four teams to jump to reach that last playoff spot. I mean, their odds on Fangraphs were down to 0.7%, but nonetheless, they're trying to stay in it as long as possible, especially until Mike Trout gets back. And they need cover at first base with CJ Crone nursing a back injury. And Jared Walsh has been struggling all season. So they're like, okay, we're going to bring this kid up and see what he can do. We don't have much to lose. And it's true. They don't have much to lose. They really don't. Because college bats are already going to be, you know, more advanced than a high school bat. And he, yeah, he was already raking in the minor league. So it's going to be interesting to see how he stacks up against major league pitching. I mean, that's part of what the season has been all about. I also read somewhere, someone said that the Angels don't really trust their player development. So they get guys who are more finished products and they bring them up sooner. I mean, we saw Zach Neto. I mean, it's, it's possible. It's possible. Maybe maybe that's very true. I don't really know. Uh, there could be truth to that statement. But nonetheless, let's talk about the Angels game. They ended up losing, actually, in Nolan Shonwell's debut. They lost 9-6 to six in 10 innings. But they actually turned a triple play. 
They tr- they turn a six four three two triple play behind reliever Carlos Estevez. This was in the ninth inning. It was a tie game in the ninth inning, and they turn a triple play to get out of it. Uh, that was that was pretty clutch, but unfortunately they couldn't turn that into a win later on. They end up losing this game, like I said, nine to six to the Tampa Bay Rays. So obviously, and the Rays are another team that's that obviously has playoff ambitions too. You know, every, all these teams are hunting for the playoffs. This is why I say it's not your typical uh, August. This is not just you know, the dog days of August. These are games that have playoff ramifications. Absolutely. But as far as Tampa Bay, they're second in the AL East, and they're still only two games back of Baltimore. There's no reason why they can't win the AL East. Let's go up the freeway, I guess, yeah, from Anaheim to Los Angeles, where the Marlins... The Marlins end up beating the Dodgers 11-3. to They did this with five home runs, including two from Jorge Soler, and they snapped L.A.'s win streak. So, L.A. had an 11-game win streak, but you know all good things come to an end. And the Marlins just decided to play some home run derby. Like I said, five home runs on the day. Uh, Jorge Soler, you know, their all-star this year, he well, one of their all-stars, because Luis Arias was all-star too, he went deep twice. Keep an eye on Jake Berger. So he joined the Marlins and hit his 27th home run of the year. But since joining the Marlins, he has a 923 OPS. And, uh, yeah, I mean, someone who's been really underrated all season. We saw him play really well with the White Sox. Now he's with the Marlins doing some really good things. Jake Chisholm, home, not Jake, Jazz Chisholm, home run in this game as well. Um, and then you had uh, Stallings as well. Stallings homered in this game. So five long balls. The Dodgers are just going to... Turn the page. Pretend it didn't happen. But the Marlins, talking about playoff ambitions, they are still in the hunt for things at this point. So with this victory, they remain tied with the Reds for the third National League wildcard spot. And speaking of the Reds, guess what? They won as well. And they did so on a walk-off home run by a rookie, Christian Encarnacion Strand. One, one swing was all they needed off of Jordan Hicks, Blue Jays, Believer, and it was a slider that caught way too much of the plate. A zero-zero game in the bottom of the ninth. Two balls, two strikes, and Encarnacion Strand hits a home run to left, and that wins it. As a matter of fact, the Reds were no hit for five and a third innings to begin that game, so it really didn't matter. They had been shut down hard by the Bull Jays, by the Blue Jays bullpen. But at the end of the day, a walk-off victory from a rookie. You know, the rookies have been the story in Cincinnati this year. So the Reds have now won three of the past four games. You know, they've pushed themselves back into a playoff spot. Like I just said, you know, they and the Marlins are jockeying for position right now. Right now they are tied for that third NL wildcard spot. So new teams are in the mix this year. You know, baseball is is alive and well in new cities this year. This is really exciting. You know, Miami's in the picture. Cincinnati's in the picture. When was the last time these teams, you know, Arlington, Texas, when was the last time these teams were talking about playoff baseball? Now we're seeing that in 2023. It's not your typical August, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not noticed. Exciting stuff. Let's head to Atlanta. Well, this is a team that is obviously very used to success over the last few years, winning World Series as recently as 2021. Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, you know, these guys, the, the guys, electric rookies last year. So Harris, rookie of the year, Strider, rookie of the year, runner up. These guys showed off in the Braves' third straight shutout. You had Strider. I mean, it was his turn to dominate on the mound. And like I said, the Braves have been shutting shutting teams out. This is a 4-0 win, so another third straight shutout victory for them. And 
Then at the end of the day, Michael Harris II, a guy who couldn't hit two months ago, and all of a sudden, he's found his stroke again. Of course, you knew he wasn't going to just fall off completely. He's found his stroke again. Four for five with an RBI against the Giants on Friday night to lead the way. Spencer Trider, you know, just throwing up the Ks. He is a strikeout machine, one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball. But seven shutout innings for him, 10 punch outs, you know, double digit punch outs. This is what we see from Spencer Strider. Crazy uh, talent on this Braves roster that's going to be there for a long time. These are young players who are just are there to stay. It's pretty remarkable what we're seeing right now. But easy win. They cruise to a victory against San Francisco Giants, 4 nothing for ATL. If I'm any team right now, I don't want to go to Atlanta. That's, a, that's not a fun series for anyone. Let's head to New York where the Yankees and Red Sox play. So the Red Sox ended up winning the first game of the series. This opened up a pretty crucial series. And they're trying to stay in the wild card mix. You know, both teams actually. But Boston rolled to an 8-3 victory. And a very strong effort by, by Brian Bayo of the Red Sox. See, Brian Bayo homegrown pitcher. This is the first homegrown arm the Red Sox have been excited about in a while. And, you know, he's he's definitely developed a lot. He's been in the bigs for a little bit, but be getting better year after year, and you're starting to see things come together. Definitely could be a front of the rotation arm for Boston as early as next year. So he goes six innings, one earned run, four strikeouts. His season ERA is a 3.7. But this was offense at the top of the lineup right here for Boston. Three hits for Verdugo, Devers, and Turner. Those are your one, two, and three hitters. You had two for four from Masataka Yoshida, who hit a home run and had four RBIs. So one through four, and it was just murderer's row for Boston to begin the game. And then the bottom half of the lineup only had one hit among the rest of the five guys. So that's how you know. This was a very top-heavy attack from Boston, but that's what they needed. That's all they needed. As a matter of fact, but uh, yeah, Red Sox just jumped all over Brito uh, for the Yankees. Obviously, not a household name, Johnny Brito, just someone who who's there to eat up some innings right now because of injuries. Two and a third and six earned runs for him, as he'll he had to, he had to the showers just uh, hoping for just hoping to turn the page. So crucial series because these two teams, like I said, you know they're jockeying for wild card positioning, but you know. Weekend series against the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees is always going to be something interesting this late in the season because there are implications for sure. They have a day game on Saturday and it'll be Cutter Crawford versus Garrett Cole pitching matchup on Saturday. So that's what you're going to see. So, yeah, those are those are, I would say, the big developments from Friday. You know, some interesting, interesting things going on. A rookie. I think the biggest thing that got me was someone being called up less than six weeks after being drafted. I've never seen it before because it hasn't happened in my lifetime. So pretty cool stuff. But that's going to do for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.